0: Today's episode of the Ride Podcast is brought to you by the Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at CLICRing.com. Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Monday, January 18th, 2016, and this is the ride. Welcome everybody. I hope you're ready to buckle in for an awesome week. This is the week the Lord has made. Changes are afoot. I'm telling you what, sometimes the status quo ain't good enough. There's going to be a change this week that is going to rock your world and my world. Don't you know, God is on the throne and He's looking out for you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. And you need to know that he's going to take care of business. Our God is a business taking care of God. So what is your business today? What's your business? Tell me your business. I don't want to know all your business. Just tell me the business that needs to be talked about. So this morning I was thinking about my life as a worship leader back in the day. Yeah, I used to do that for a number of years before I was a worship leader I was a worship band member for I don't know I don't know maybe uh, eight years or so pretty much my whole entire adult life I was involved with some worship in some way and I got some words of wisdom for those who are on a worship team so if you are listen up and if you are thinking you want to be on a worship team take double notes because you're gonna to need to know this stuff. You're gonna to need to know this stuff if you're gonna be ministering on a worship team. Cool beans. All right. Pad and paper, pencil. Go. So everybody knows that the worship team—they're highly visible. You know, you look at the—you uh, look at the people that work at a church or are ministering at a church and you'll get all sorts. You get the janitors, you get the uh, coffee crew, you get the hospitality folks who make meals for sick individuals and pregnant mommies and you know, you've got pastoral staff, you've got counseling staff, you've got all the different people. You got the ushers who ush, you have the The people out in the parking lot they're ushing cars you know you get all sorts of different things but when you think of a ministry at a church one that comes right to mind for most people is the worship team why because they're in front of everybody they're they're um next to the pastor they're probably one of the most visible arms of ministry at a church and i can tell you that that's a dangerous place to be in why? Because pride can rise up. Especially when you're using your gifts and talents in a way that's, uh, you know, could be a performance. If you look at it the wrong way, it could be a performance. You might be on your case if you're not perfect. We'll touch on that in a minute, but if you're looking at it in the wrong way, people might look at it in the wrong way. But but know this: people are going to look at it in the wrong way, regardless. People, uh, I've found that a lot of people who don't know much about music or worship or the art of worship, which is way more than just music, as you know, it's being able to sense the spirit of the moving, the moving of the spirit of the Lord, and not stand in the way. I mean, those are all things that are part of being on a worship team which I will talk on some more later too, but uh, some people who are not in the know, they might just look at it like, oh yeah, that's the opening act for the pastor. (laughs) Yeah, they always do that. They encourage you to raise your hands and clap and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm not there for the opening act. I'm there for um, the message that the pastor is going to deliver. Well, you know what? You should be there for the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Lord and what the Lord is saying to you through all of the parts of the ministry. I've had really powerful times at church when I just kind of surrendered my agenda during worship, didn't care about anybody else, but just wanted to devote my energy and my thought life and my heart to the Lord at that moment. And I've had the kind of turnaround that we seek. And I've had that same thing during a message as well. Point I'm trying to make is, make sure that you don't approach what you're doing as a performance, even if people think that it is. After a while, I I trust that if the Spirit of the Lord is moving in 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 a church, that people will come to recognize that the worship team is not the opening band but they're an integral part of preparing your heart for what's to happen, which is just a change of heart. And, and and that's, I think that's what I mean, a change of heart, because we're all on a journey. And the way we see life and things and people and God and all of that, the way we see that now, I hope will change by tomorrow. And that we get a better picture of you know what's really 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 real. Ie that means change is required. So anyway, if you're on a worship team or contemplating being on a worship team, remember that it's not a performance. It's hearing from the from the Lord and and ministering in the way that he's wanting to minister at that moment in time. Okay, now that I've said that, I'm going to touch on the talent it's really dangerous to look at the talent that you've got, that God gave you, and remain humble. It can be. I mean, the whole thing, when you go to practice on a worship team, you're, you're wanting to do the parts well, you're wanting to do it really good, and why? Not because it's a performance, but because there would be less distraction for the worshiper, for the whole house, you know, if you're supposed to be playing a D chord and you're playing E minor, kind of not a good thing. So you got to know your stuff. And if you know your stuff really well, there's a danger that you could get prideful. And that's not the heart that the Lord wants. While I'm touching on pride, remember this too, married people. You might have one spouse who is on the worship team and one who is not. And this is true for any ministry, really. There's a danger if you're in a ministry that you would be believing that, you know, God just gave me all these gifts and talents and I'm just supposed to be letting the world know about my talents. And my spouse just doesn't understand that this is what I'm all about. And the spouse is like, what about me? What about me? I thought, I thought you were married to me. And then that worship person might say, yes, but I'm married to Jesus and that's number one priority. Well, guess what jesus is number one priority and that should be the truth for both members of the married couple however when it comes to ministry see here's here's another danger don't let your ministry be the time that you spend with god because what you'll do is you'll treat that ministry as your number one priority it's not to be that way listen closely that ministry is not the number one priority if that's the only place where you're getting your god time then there's a problem you need to be getting your god time which is the number one priority in the closet and also with your spouse number one number two the marriage number three the ministry get that that's the order i think it's in timothy where The word says that if you are not keeping a good household, then you're not fit for ministry. Something like that. I think it was, you know, talking to pastors, you know, you got to make sure your house is in order. Well, you cannot be on the worship team and thinking that you're all that and let your house relationship crumble all for the sake of but this is my God time, or this is, this is what God wants me to do, so how can you dare speak against it? Man, I'm speaking against it right now. Your marriage, God has said, let nothing separate that, including your ministry. Just saying, make sure that you are understanding your spouse. I mentioned this in the past about the five love languages there are different ways of expressing love to someone. And a lot of times married couples, you know, they marry because there's differences between the two of them. That's what kind of attracts them to the other. It's very common and that's very good. Kind of rounds out the relationship, rounds out the unity. But there's a danger there because, because there's a difference there a lot of times one person expresses love or wants to feel love in a certain way, and the other person wants to express love and feel love in a maybe different way. And what tends to happen is if you, if you tend to want to... Um, one of them is words of affirmation, I believe. So if you enjoy words of affirmation... And you, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you grew up and you didn't get them. And, and now you really seek that. And, you know, when people give you praise, it really just feeds your soul. And what tends to happen is the, the kind of love language that you respond to tends to be the one that you do to others or your spouse, thinking that they will receive it in the same way, like you do. But what you might not know is that they have a different love language and maybe they respond more to touch or they respond more to acts of service. You know, I believe my wife responds to acts of of service. So when she was in Florida, I had to make sure the house was cleaned and, and typically she does a lot of that. And she enjoys doing that. She likes keeping a Uh, clean home and I'm not big on that but I also like to be in a clean home so when she was gone I made sure to keep it clean and and involve the kids and all that and it felt good to do that even though I don't normally do it well I wanted to make sure that when she got back home that the house was in great order and she didn't feel overwhelmed and have to clean and all that business so that was an act of service, and I think she appreciated that. And I know that she appreciates it even now when she's back home. You know, she might have a long day with the kids. You know, homeschool moms, they get busy. So homeschool dads, remember that. And, you know, do the dishes when you get home, even though you might be tired from a long day of work too. But do, do things that help. But, you know, her mom... My wife's thing is acts of service and I think words of affirmation. And a danger is, so back to the worship team thing, danger is you might be operating in this worship mode and this is God's call on your life, but don't neglect your spouse. Here's a thing that I'd like married couples to know. I think this is accurate. I think that I, I can believe in this, don't you think that things that are important to your spouse should be important to you? Like the cleaning house thing. You know, it's important to Christy. Not so much to me. Not as much. But I don't like living in a a messy place. It's not as important to me. But because I know it's important to her, I'm not just going to sit by and watch her do it all. I'm going to help, and then if I'm the spouse that is not the worship team person, but the worship team person really gets a satisfaction about ministering in that way, well, I'm going to be supportive of that, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do some of the stuff around the house that maybe because they're in that ministry situation and there's a lot of commitment in some of these churches. I'm going to support them by doing a little bit more around the house, let's say. But it kind of boils down to the, the scripture where it's talking about how the spouse prefers the other one. If both people in the marriage do that, and they are recognizing the sacrifices that each are making, I think that goes a long way. So back to the worship team. I was going to mention something about pride. Oh, yeah. So it's really easy to, um, you know, look at your craft, whether you play an instrument, whether you are a songbird, whatever it is, even dance. Um, Some churches have a a dance section. Typically, it's under the mirror ball. But uh, anyway, Um, whatever it is, uh, let's not get so prideful. You know, I, I I'll admit, I'll admit, I used to think when I was younger that you know God God wouldn't move to the level that He would move if I if I wasn't you know if I wasn't there or if I wasn't involved with a worship team. How prideful is that? as though God needed me to be there to move. Well, I guess at one level, he wants me to be obedient and do what he's called me to do, but he will move whether I'm there or not. I like words of affirmation too, and I remember getting you know people coming up to me and saying, wow, that was so incredible worship. And what I took that to mean is, wow, I was so incredible that I could lead God's moving in that place and I learned after a while that that's not the approach I should be taking. I can appreciate and, and thank people who are appreciative of being a worship leader or being a worship band member or whatever. But down deep in my heart I need to remember that I'm simply a vessel that I'm being used by the Lord just like David. You know we know that David ministered to King Saul while David did that before David was king, you know King Saul was the king it says that the uh, what was it, evil spirits left Saul, you know, the tormenting spirits left him while David was playing, well of course worshipping God causes that enemy to flee hopefully David didn't get big headed and think, I can make the spiritual enemy leave by playing, well it is true, but it wasn't all about him. It was about the power of the Spirit of God that he allowed to flow while he was playing. Or I guess he didn't allow it to flow, he, he, well, kind of, yeah. But it's the Spirit that does the, does the work. So hopefully, if you're considering being on a worship team, you remember that, you know, really, we're vessels. We're there to use our talents and gifts, no doubt. And we want to develop those talents and gifts so that they're not a hindrance to worship. But we also need to know that, you know, true worship, if you if you doink a chord, it's not really gonna matter. You doink seven chords, then maybe we gotta to talk to you. <laughs> it's less about perfection and more about your heart. So watch that pride, okay? that pride is devastating i was just kind of taking a couple of leaps of or a couple of steps ahead thinking about what pride can do you know it's always said pride comes before the fall but i wonder why that is well i think that when you are living in pride you actually start believing your own press you start believing that you are the man you are the woman and yeah, the Lord doesn't move unless I'm I'm up there. And heaven forbid I miss a miss a service because you know the Lord just doesn't move the same unless I'm there. How do I know that? Well, because people tell me that all the time. Oh, danger, danger. It's good to get those words of affirmation. Encourage us to continue. But we need to be living humbly before our Lord one of the most important things that you can do on a worship team is listen listen to your leader and hopefully he's listening to the Lord hopefully you're all listening to the Lord and if you really are flowing as a worship team can be very easy it can be takes a lot of hearing though and takes a lot of time together. You can't hear the music, or the, the flow of the spirit, or the even the, the issues with the other band members. You can't hear it unless you're spending time with them, right? Hearing is very important. Listening, listening. Some of the most powerful times of worship had nothing whatsoever to do with the song list that set was just a structure that allowed the Lord to move within it and we got to a point where the set didn't matter as much as just being in the presence of God that's what you're looking for and you're not gonna find it unless you're listening so worshiper minister of worship whoever you are, whether you're on a team or in the future want to be on a team, here's my recommendation to you. And I'm following this. Uh, I'm going to be following this more. How about that? Because I've been off a worship team for almost five years now. This is what I'm going to recommend for all of us to do. And even if you're not on a worship team or don't even think you're going to want to be, this, this is still true for you. But this is absolutely imperative if you're going to be ministering. And that is in your own time, in your private time with the Lord, which you must, you must make time for this. And I can't stress this enough. You're not allowed to use your time in worship practice to count toward this. You're not allowed to use your time when you're up on stage to count toward this. That's where you're giving out your ministry gift. You need to be fueling up in a different time, in a different way. And this is where I'm going to recommend we all do this. In our private time, it might be helpful to have some worship music going, but you know, whatever works for you, I tend to think that having worship or some kind of music, it lubricates the moment, if you will let's let's the spirit flow but i recommend that while while you're in that place that environment you simply listen listen to what the lord would have you do you know there's a reason why we're worshipers the end goal is not so that we can be worshipers this is important too the end goal isn't so that you can be a better worshiper it might seem like that's the end goal. No, the the end goal is to bring people into a relationship with God that they didn't have. and The next step for them. That's what it is. And guess what? You get to be part of that too because you have a next step with the Lord as well. It's understanding and let the Lord Spirit flow through you in new ways. That's the reason. The ministry of the worship team is just a tool. So the end goal, if you think about the end goal more often, then it's easier to hear the Lord because he is. His goal is to bring people to, to Himself. That's really His goal. And if we can hear His heart, then we can hear how that's done. And you're going to be a better minister up on that stage. If you're hearing the Lord like this, if you're hearing the Lord say, Be humble, don't neglect your home life, and spend time with me more than just on stage. And seek me in all things, whether it be, you know, when you're working, whether you're at home with your spouse, whether you are managing your children, whatever it is, the Lord's in all of it. We need to be listening. So I know I've been kind of all over the map today. And even if you're never considering a worship team situation, I still want you to listen to these little nuggets and apply them as you see fit. We need to listen. All right, so you stay in that word and you live in peace, praying for those who persecute you. Take any earplugs out. Tune in, listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you today, and you will be the minister of the gospel in every step that you take in the way that he would want, in the way that he sees fit, in the way that you are capable of being. Stay humble, my friends, and I will see you on The Flip.